before we get into this week's episode of the Proper Mental Podcast, I've got a little favour to ask. It's the end of the year and that means it's time for the Pod Bible magazine listener polls for 2022. And I'd be really grateful if you could vote for my podcast in the independent category. Obviously, it's lovely when I get nominated or win awards because I put a lot of time and effort and care into making this podcast. But the main reason I would like your vote is because I believe that one of the best ways to raise awareness around mental health and to normalise the type of conversations that I'm having is to break out of the regular mental health spaces. And the Pod Bible listener polls have categories for film and comedy and lifestyle and entertainment and all that stuff, but that's not what I do. And I think this is a great opportunity to get this podcast and the subject of mental health into a different demographic of listener. And then maybe it can reach someone who really needs to hear it, but doesn't yet know that it exists. It's also really cool that these awards have a section that is exclusively for independent podcasts because let's face it us indies tend to get passed over by the big boys and girls and it would just be awesome to shine a bit of a light on what I'm doing and hopefully like I say that way it can help a few more people there's a link in the episode notes it's really easy and you don't have to vote in all the categories if you don't want to you can skip to the last one and just type proper mental into the box there's no need to sign up or to log on or do any of that stuff all in all it takes about a minute it's just a few taps on your phone screen and it would really mean a lot to me if you could take the time to help me out voting closes on december the 31st at midnight but don't wait till then go in the episode notes find the link click it now. Thank you very much for listening. Now that's out of the way, let's crack on with this week's episode of the Proper Mental Podcast. Welcome to the Proper Mental Podcast. Normalising open and honest conversations about mental health by having open and honest conversations about mental health. hope you're doing well and welcome to episode 109 of the Proper Mental Podcast and this week I'm joined by Mel Bradley who is a men's mental health advocate and the founder of Men Against Mountains. Men Against Mountains is an online platform for conversations and connections around men's mental health and everything that comes with that complicated topic and every Sunday Mel hosts the Sunday Summit which is a live conversation in which a different man each week joins her to tell his story and share his experiences. And through these live sessions, Mel has reached an incredible number of men and her page has connected people from all walks of life and many friendships and support networks have started from the conversations that Mel's been having on her page. I've known Mel for some time via the online mental health community. So it was really cool to get to sit down and have a proper chat with her. And it was wonderful to to hear her story and turn the tables, you know. She holds space so beautifully for so many people and I really wanted to kind of shine a light on on her, on the woman behind these conversations that she's having. We chat about her own mental health experiences and where her passion for helping others come from. We chat about setting up her page and how she holds space for other people in a way that allows them to be vulnerable and how that can inspire other people to do the same thing. We chat about the importance of asking for help. We talk about sharing stories and we try and dig a little bit into some of the reasons why so many men seem to be struggling in recent years. And it's fascinating, really. It's fascinating for two reasons. One, because Mel's been doing this for a little while. She's talked to some incredible men. You know, the, the different people that she speaks to each week, the different things that she talks about, the space that she holds. It's a really, really wonderful thing so it gives her an incredible insight but also 
Mel is she's got her own quite unusual corner of the mental health space online because she is a woman that deals specifically with men's mental health. And I think that just gives her a, a different insight into this whole complex mess of masculinity and, and what it means to be a man in modern society. I'm lucky enough to have been a guest on one of Mel's Sunday Summit sessions and um it's really a lovely thing. Really a lovely thing. It's all live. It's all in the moment. Mel holds space in a really, really lovely way. Yeah, she's just great. I'm a big, big fan. And uh, and it feels like a real privilege to be able to call her my friend. Some of the other names that you might recognise from the podcast that Mel has spoken to as part of her Sunday lives include um, Al Casey and Dara Fleming and Stu Mills from The Noisy Brain. And I'm sure there's others as well. They're just the ones off the top of my head. And all of which have done episodes that I would highly recommend you go back and give a listen to. So go and give her a follow, join the movement, get involved at Men Against Mountains The Movement on Instagram and the lives happen every Sunday. While you're on Instagram, go and check me out at Proper Mental Podcast. You can check me out on all the socials, really. And if you want to get hold of me, the best place is propermentalpodcast.com. Send me an email via the website. And if you've got two minutes to review this episode, to review any other episode, to review anything else at all that you like, it would be very much appreciated. And this is episode 109 of the Proper Mental Podcast with Mel Bradley. Thank you very much for listening. Enjoy. So here we are with another episode of the Proper Mental Podcast. And my guest this week is Mel Bradley. How are you, mate? Hi. Hi, Tom. Oh, mate, it's lovely to uh, to finally meet you, to finally get a chance to chat. No, I can't wait to have you on, on Men Against Mountain. So I'm returning the favour soon. Oh, but mate, yeah. yeah. Totally honoured, actually. I feel like a bit of an imposter being on, actually. Oh, mate, not at all. Not at all. You've been on my list for a, for a while, Mel, you know. And, um, yeah, I love I love what you do with your Instagram page. And um, I can't wait to kind of, yeah, just get into it all, really. And I was Thank thinking you. as, like, a, a place to start. Because what you do is it's all about holding space for for other people right it's all about holding space for men a safe space where they can talk about things and share stuff and explore stuff so I thought for this episode we really we need to kind of like flip that on its head right and find out how it all came about so I wanted to start with you Mel and like why mental health where does your your passion and your drive for mental health and, and looking after people where does that come from mate um I think that like really going through my own struggles I think when you've hit rock bottom with the basement, I, I think that this natural compassion comes to you. And part of my healing journey was starting to give in, to give back. I needed to start giving back. Um, I felt very isolated for a long time, felt very alone in my struggles because um, it was quite a while ago. And even though I still struggle myself now, I think I've sort of near enough got everything sort of ticking along quite nicely um but yeah it was just generally putting my own struggles out there um on Facebook really a few years back and I got messages all from men not one woman but all men saying oh wow thank you for you know for for saying this and, and for sharing yours but you know I've got no one to talk to and I feel really isolated how you felt you know so Men Against Mountains was literally just a thought. I didn't even think it was going to be like it is now. 
but I thought I'd just put a few quotes up and people would like it. And then the idea of building like like-minded connections, I found that when I shared my struggles with someone that really got it, you know, if they really understood where I was coming from, I felt a lot lighter. When I was faced with the, the other side of it, where people just looked like you were absolutely crazy or they didn't know what to say, um, you know, you're, you're met with such a, you know, a tirade of different, you know, feelings and, and emotions going through you. Um, so, yeah, I thought, you know, what about trying to connect people together through this? You know, the best feeling in the world is knowing that you're not alone in your struggles. So why not let's connect, you know, more obviously men to men because they're the ones that obviously struggle the most, I feel. Um, but yeah, thousands and thousands of connections have been made through the page and we're helping a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And like you say, it's that power of like hearing your hearing some of your story and someone else's story is yeah. really, really um it just makes so much difference. And I think if you're going through something and maybe you don't understand it and you don't know what it is then you can find the way because it's all right saying to people let's talk about it but a yeah. lot of people just don't have the words they don't have the the capacity at that point in time um but you know you can borrow those words from other people right you can find your words from listening to other people's words and it, it you, you you know you're so right it's just a really really powerful thing that shared experience hey yeah and, and when someone's lived through something themselves i always find that they're the best advocates to help people you know they make the best therapists they make the you know rehabilitation out of prisons and things like that the best people to do it are the people that have been there themselves or have at least can find that compassion from somewhere because I do think some of the human race are quite cold and, and nurturing and I don't know why um you know certain people like that and I think we can all you know there's a, th a little quote that I like you know we can't help everybody but everybody can help somebody and if everybody just helped that one person I don't think we'd be in the position we are right now with especially with the men's mental health crisis and also with teens spiraling at the moment yeah. it's really scary frightening yeah, very much so. It's that there's something about that word compassion, isn't there? You know, and you mentioned before after kind of going to the to the dark places, going to the depths, how you found that that compassion. And I think that you, sometimes the only way to get through those times is you have to find compassion for yourself. And that's the hardest thing, isn't it? But once you find it for yourself, then it starts to spill out. Then you can find it for other people. And I know when I was when I wasn't very compassionate for myself and I was, you know, I talk very negatively about myself. I get very angry with myself and then I would project that. And that's how I behaved to other people. And it was only once I found my peace that then I could start like seeing the world through a different lens. And there's something about that, the way that compassion, how it just changes how you see yeah. yourself, how you see the world. It's, um, it's a really underrated thing. Compassion, I think. Absolutely. And I think once, once you do get your clarity, I, th I, I always say that, you know a lot of the things that happened to me weren't my do weren't my doing so there were hand all the things that happened to me with the hands from other people however the things what I did after that was all my doing so the self-sabotage as you said the lack of compassion for yourself the imposter syndrome feeling isolated and alone but also feeling very burden like to 
feel like you're a bit of a broken record when you're talking to your friends, especially women. You know, I've had people checking in on me, but I did feel like a bit of a broken record and that I was doing, you know, mentally that was in my head. I'm, I'm doing the heads in and I'm, they're going to have, a, you know, they must have enough of me by now. But it was actually me then taking accountability for whatever happened to me. Um, and until I did that, then I was just going around in circles. Mm. It's very, um, being poorly, being mentally poorly is, I found it like it made me incredibly selfish, you know, like really, really so it became all about me. And even though I wasn't being very nice to yeah. myself, but then I'd also say exactly those things, right? Yeah. Like, um, I'm, you know, I'm too much of a burden or they won't be able to help, but that still was making it all about me. I never said to yeah. anyone, am I a burden? Please tell me. I just kind of assumed on, on their behalf, but you become so trapped in your own little world, isn't it? You make these big statements that really affect, uh, affect your recovery, but it is just a statement. It's not necessarily true just because you've yeah. felt it. Hey. Yeah. So, so true. I completely resonate with that. <laughs> yeah. Oh mate. So like how, how did mental health start to manifest for you Mel when did that you know when did your own story begin I suppose when I was in my early 20s and I'm 51 now so this was a long time ago um I worked for the Ministry of Defence I had a really high profile job um working really long hours this is way before I had my children and I was very skinny like to the point where I'd eat and eat and eat and eat I had an overactive thyroid gland and a lot of the people I worked with um, thought I was anorexic. They never asked me. They just were assuming the whole time. And I got quite severely bullied in that organisation. Um, if it happened to me now, I'd be like fighting back. But at the time, I was quite a, like a little felt like a little fish in a big pond. And and yeah, I was I was my anxiety just started increasing. I didn't want to go to work. I was scared. I, I mean, it was just, again, like I said, a vicious circle of, of, of just not liking myself, but thinking that I wasn't worthy and that I shouldn't be in that, in, you know, in that organization in the first place. I was so good at my job as well. Um, they actually paid me off um, to go quietly after wow. having quite a long time off work. They gave me a payoff um but in my head there was I never felt like I resolved it I suppose so that was I always felt like they won they always won and, and I was the one that didn't have my voice didn't have the voice really um and the anxiety attacks were awful I had anxiety attacks for like probably a good two years no 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 break from them though I'd have two or three attacks a day um my whole body hurt and you know to the point where my lips would go numb it was very physical my anxiety um and I just just got on with it I just you know plodding along and then I just thought you know what I'm gonna bugger off and I went traveling for two years and I don't know how I managed to do it with anxiety but I did it and I never had an attack again not a serious one anyway so I took myself right out of my comfort zone um, and then sort of my mental health was really good for quite a while, really, um, until like after I had my children. Um, I don't know whether I had a little bit of postnatal depression. Um, again, I didn't, didn't do anything about it. I just carried on. Um, and then 
me and my children's dad split up and we were together nearly 20 years and it absolutely broke my heart and never underestimate a broken heart what a broken heart does to you um, and then just went down and down and down um, started self-sabotaging hating on myself um, and then things got good again and then I started a new job and sort of cut a long story short I started feeling real bad pains in my feet like excruciating pain and it took a long time to work out what was going on with loads of different appointments for dietary and all this scans and stuff and I've got no cartilage in my right foot so with the chronic pain I got then addicted to tramadol um which then that was it that was my massive spiral and I would say that's probably one of the worst things I've ever gone through um the addiction to painkillers the chronic pain the the uh, not having a break from the pain I hit depression and went right down and didn't want to be here I just didn't want to wake up every day you know I was coping praying that I didn't wake up um and at the same time being in an abusive relationship so it was just like wow you know I've, I've really got to sort this out and as I said at the beginning I got my clarity one day and everything just changed and I started like changing things for me and looking after myself and taking accountability yeah yeah oh, mate that's um that's some story hey what a journey yeah. what a journey and There's I think big that's gaps in between Tom big gaps in between of those things so yeah that's really important because I think sometimes when we talk about the, the mental health conversation we see either that people are always suffering, you know, yeah. or we see it as like one big blip and then that's it. You get out the other side and you sort yeah. everything out you need to sort out and that's again. But, you know, life sometimes has other plans, doesn't it? And yeah. other situations yeah. come back around and, and things change. It was proper roller coaster. It was up and then down and up and down with big gaps in between. And I got good. I was really good at certain points in between those, those years. I mean, going traveling was just life changing. That changed me as a person and I still get the feelings and that buzz that I had when I was out there. That never has gone from me. Um, and then having my children and, you know, I had a good relationship with my kids' dad. You know, we were best friends. So there was lots of ups, lots of experiences, lots of festivals, lots of music. But obviously the, 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 when you talk about mental health struggles, you do start to, as you said, you talk about the down bits. Um, but it's good to say, look, things do get better. Yeah. And definitely got better. Yeah. And they can be sometimes really weirdly. And it's certainly yeah. my experience is that they can be in amongst the bad times. They can also be good times. And it's something my mm -hmm. wife always says to me, you know, sometimes I'll get like really hung up about um, some of my behavior, you know, some of the things I said when I wasn't well, some of the things I did, some of the things that I put the, the family through. And she says like, you're, you're dwelling on just the bad bits but like in amongst those bad bits you know we had holidays and we had like you know birthday parties and we had all this stuff and you go oh yeah and I was still poorly I was still struggling but there's it's that's where it gets so complicated isn't it where there's a, a bit of good and a bit of bad and it's all just a, a mess and sometimes you have a really bad patch and you come out into a good bit and you start to doubt how bad the bad bit was right so you don't yeah. go and get help because you kind of think well, no was it that bad maybe I'm just making it up maybe I was just tired I kind of feel all right now so you don't get the help that you need yeah. and that you deserve right absolutely 
And I think when um, I was going through like, a lot of, when I was in my twenties, anxiety, panic attacks just weren't talked about. There was nothing like on, we didn't even have like social media back then. I, mean, I didn't have a mobile phone in my twenties. So it, there was no research. There was literally just put up and shut up type thing. I did a lot of it on my own. I did a lot of my healing on my own um, until obviously most recently obviously the chronic pain and depression and, and that side of it and the tramadol part I had the tools then to be able to go and do and get the help I needed um luckily you know I don't know whether I would have got through that without it if that makes sense yeah yeah very much so it's funny isn't it like as human beings we're so like resilient and sometimes like not in a good way right we just kind of can like muscle through this stuff but along that path it's really common to, like i bet when people talk about you know things that are good for mental health or self-care techniques or whatever i bet there's a few of them that you were like oh yeah i was kind of doing that anyway but i didn't know i was doing it yeah. for my mental health it was just a way i found of, of coping yeah. and looking after myself because like you say if the if the advice if dr google isn't there and you're just kind of like figuring it out sometimes you just stumble on something that stumble on something yeah. that works right yeah yeah exactly that's exactly what happened you know i did did a lot myself and like even like now i see a lot of the wellness tools are you know getting back to nature and feeling the earth with your feet well i walked around india with, with literally bare feet most of the time i very rarely wore shoes and it was just a wonderful experience obviously my feet have obviously been <laughs> battered because of it but do you know if that was half i think a lot of the experience was actually feeling those stones feeling the sand feeling the grass um feeling the mountains you know with my feet they get me wrong they're just cut to shreds but those things are now are really important and people are advocating this stuff so you know yeah I did you know I feel quite proud I did it on my yeah, own yeah yeah definitely I would never obviously advocate doing it on your own <laughs> <laughs> no of course yeah sometimes we have to go the long way around right and to yeah. stop other people going the, the long way around but I suppose in that toxic work culture um, and you know, when like people are, like you say, when people are, are making that an awful environment to be in, you start to doubt yourself, right? You start to, uh, you know, like, uh, am I as, am I these things that they're saying I am? And then, but then to go from that, to go traveling, well, then you're backing yourself to do something brave. You're almost, you prove that little voice in the back of your head. It's kind of like proving it wrong, isn't it? By doing something really brave. And I think it, it, it sounded to me like you really, you took your power back, Mel, from the, you know, from that situation. Yeah, I've done that a lot, I think, <laughs> in my life. Um, how, you know, it's, it's, it's finding finding it. Some people don't get to find it, but I, you, you have to keep working at it. Um, you know, I've worked at it for a long time before I got it right or until I found the things that work for me, especially recently anyway. You know, it was relying just, that you know, on physical exercise and physical exercise only so when we went through covid and i couldn't go to the gym i was like bang like low my mental health just went so low so quickly because i was relying on one tool only to help me where then i had to think right okay i need to adapt this i need to get other things in my toolkit and this is what i advocate now to the men you know that, that it's all trial and error you know one thing that works for you tom is not necessarily going to work for me and vice versa so you know it is a lot of trial and error and finding those things that work for you 
but not be solely reliant on them and be able to adapt them accordingly when you need to. I think, you know, if I was given that advice, <laughs> I would have loved that. yeah yeah very much so because really no matter what stage we are at in our journey everyone's just doing the best they can right with what they've got and i think that the biggest problem is a lot of people haven't got a lot and it's not their fault you know it's society's fault that these things aren't aren't given to us aren't aren't taught to us but if you know if yeah if you haven't got the tools then you 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 know you don't you don't stand a chance you know yeah it's really really um really complicated how did you after when you were dealing with the chronic pain mel and you know the more recent um the more recent crash how did you start to piece everything back together and make your comeback from from Um, that it was i had i was on the tramadol and i was being tricked by my um boyfriend at the time into taking more of the tramadol so i was getting very confused it was very narcissistic relationship and a lot of mental abuse and I'd say this and it's I hate saying it but it got physical and it saved my life if that makes sense the physical when he started becoming physical with me that saved me to be able to get him out and to get that clarity and literally I pulled myself off the floor one day and chucked all the tramadol down the toilet and I would never advocate this so totally I'll say it again I will not advocate going cold turkey off tramadol but again if I hadn't done that I'm not sure whether I'd be here talking to you today um it was do or die and that's the the feeling of that's how near to death I was I think that you know I was so poorly um so it was like step little steps and just putting myself being kind to myself um I did actually become quite reclusive at the time, um, away away from people. Um, I didn't like them seeing me with, you could see the, the pain on my face. It was no hiding that I was in a lot of pain. I could hardly walk. Um, but a lot of this, again, was, was mental, you know, pain to my head, to my head, to my pain. And it was trying to break that cycle uh, and get out of that, just waking up every day thinking, oh God, here we go again, I've got to face the day with my pain, but changing how I actually spoke to myself about it, changing the words, um, you know, you can stop using the word pain, and that it was more of a sensation and things like that, so I started talking to myself a lot differently, Um, and don't get me wrong, it took me a long time to get off those tramadol, as in the effects that I was still having from them, and then I went to really intense therapy, really intense therapy but obviously the, the abuse and obviously for the the chronic pain but it was all just a massive cycle one affected the other yeah yeah that therapy is a hard slog isn't it when you're yeah. um piecing things back together uh, you know yeah. it's um you know someone once said to me and uh, it's probably not quite right it's a bit tongue-in-cheek but you know if like if you're not coming out of the sessions feeling like you've been sort of beaten up almost then yeah. you're probably not doing it right right yeah, <laughs> it's like I, it's hard I, going oh my heart i mean i sobbed through it but i sobbed afterwards it felt like i was having a breakdown after each therapy session but each one did get a little bit easier and i did the cbt first of all that was like i can't remember i think that was about six to eight weeks and then i did 13 weeks of intense therapy straight after that because this, the guy who was doing the cbt was just looking at me like this isn't this there's certain bits that help don't get me wrong there were certain bits that i still use today um 
but there was certain but he was just like this is not going to be any good for you you need you need next level yeah um, but it was a hard slog but I learned a lot and then you're almost left back in the world again if that makes sense after does that make I know yeah, you're smiling yeah. And, and I can see you smiling because you do you feel like back out in the world again and then you've got your medication and that, and that doesn't work and then it's just yeah it's a bit of a, a mess really but it, you've got to trust the process and and I'm glad I'm not on any meds now apart from one nerve blocker which I want to get off um but I, I've come off my antidepressants and everything now so I'm using yeah. other methods that's it yeah that's it I, I I always love talking about like what comes next because when we ask people like why they don't talk people are scared some people are scared of talking because that starts a process and that process is scary because they misunderstand it or they don't know what it is or they've heard horror stories and I'm always fascinated about what comes next because I think people when people can hear what comes next and they think right okay now I know like what I've what it might look like for me or what I've got to do and I think that that part of the story and it's really interesting that you mention you know coming back into the world because it is it's like um you know I always call it like Bambi on ice you know you just come out and you feel like a like so fragile and you know you have to kind of learn to learn to you know figure out your place in it all right and and who you are under all this sort of crap that you've told yourself that you are for all those years yeah absolutely and I think the best thing that came out of of that was that I am I'm probably there's a negative in it where there's I'm stubbornly independent that's come out of being on my own for so long not in relationships going through all the the abuse I went through and stuff like that I have become stubbornly independent and I need to try and change that a little bit I've got to let like people help me and give me something back as well um but I, I don't know I'm just so used to doing it by my by myself and but then the positives I wouldn't be doing men against mountains I wouldn't be I'm so I'm shy, a shy person in a confident body <laughs> right okay that's an interesting way to say it I'm still quite shy and I'm still quite probably a little bit introvert but I've got this urge to just want to do better and, and try and change and I don't mean that about money or material things and possessions or anything like that this is about being the best version of me I can be and that's it about being kind and feeling inner peace and all those as I said the natural things in life that we, our instincts and stuff like that having all that back again yeah that's what's important to me because that's all that's all the stuff that you lose when you're ill right yeah that's all the stuff that goes out the window yeah so there's something really really nice really powerful about yeah. like working to get it to get it back yeah and what what stage in that process Mel did you start um being like open and vocal about this stuff on Facebook you mentioned before that was the origins yeah. of Men Against Mountains yeah. it was after okay it was when I was coming off the tramadol I started um just on my personal just just sharing how I was feeling and I didn't actually realize how many people were addicted to prescription medication as well so that was a massive like wow this is what's going on in this world why we've just been given all these tablets all the time to to really not even cure us because my foot I'm still in just as much pain as I was back then but I'm learning to do like to live with that pain where 
the medication just stagnated me. It didn't move me on. It never got me any better. It just kept me in one place. Um, yeah, so it's 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 funny, it's funny our world, like how how we, you know, where we are, where we come from. But you know, having that people messaging me and saying, God, thank you for doing that. You know, I feel so alone. And these were, as I said, like the beginning, these were men. There was no women. They were just all men saying they are, are in a bad marriage or they're being abused or they're um, gambling or they've got this or addictions and things like that. And it was a, an array of different things that I was being met with. And I was just like, you know, where is the help for the men? And I didn't have Instagram at the time. I'm sure there was lots of pages on Instagram and on Facebook that were helping people at that time. But I wasn't aware of it. So when I created Men Against Mountains, it was there wasn't that many men's mental health pages once I started researching it. You know, it was, but there wasn't not not like there is now. It's like amazing how many pages pop up daily on my feed and 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 it's just so nice that people are getting the support that they know that there's the support whether they want it or not is up to them but knowing that there's support there is a massive thing yeah definitely and support like in all different types and all different forms i think variation's the key right because like yeah. for, like w- when i was poorly i couldn't i couldn't have picked up the phone and called someone you know, I couldn't have done that was too, you know, I wouldn't answer my phone if it rang. That was too, that was too big a deal for me speaking on the phone, but I might've been able to text someone. I I didn't know that there was like support services that you could text, but I probably could have managed that. You know, I could have really done with that when I was, you know, up at silly o'clock in the morning, just looking for answers on Google to try and solve my problems in one, try and find some blog that just like, (laughs) just, oh yeah, brilliant, all sorted. But um, yeah, I could have done with a tech service or, you know, and I think what really stands out about what you do is there's, there's not many pages with a, a woman who's advocating for men's mental health. And I think that's the, that's like your that's your corner of the space, isn't it? Yeah. It's the fact that, and it is, yeah. it's an unusual corner, Mel. Yeah, I've not, this is the thing, a lot of people message me and say, no, I bet you get lots of abuse. And I'm like, I've never had, I've not had one negative comment on the page or through the DMs or anything. Um, it's, which I find I was, you know, ready for that, if that makes sense. Um, I just want to give men's mental health that nurturing woman's touch, which I think there's room for in the fit, the massive like field of men's mental health. Um, you know, we need to encourage men need to learn how to encourage men. Women need to encourage men. Um, you know, women need to encourage. We, we do encourage women that we naturally do that. Um, and so I just find that there's room for me in men's mental health, but it might not be for everybody. Um, but I'm getting men opening up that have never spoken about how they feel and they just comment on the page. And that to me is like, it means everything more than a thousand likes or 2000 likes. That one comment is saying, I need a bit of help or, or reaching out on that comment session section with other men where they've never opened up anywhere else or they've not done it through the dms either it says everything about the page or how maybe i come across yeah yeah definitely i think sometimes when there's reluctance to speak 
if someone goes first, it likes gives permission, right? And I think that's what your page does. It like creates this space and it's like you're saying, I'm gonna hold this space and it's and it's here all the time. And when you need to fall into it, you can fall yeah. into it. And that's what people do, isn't it? When they put those comments on, when they reach out, it's a really um safe and accessible way of just putting their hand up and say, like, I'm not okay over here. That's all someone has to do to get the ball rolling, isn't it? Yeah. It doesn't have to be a big statement or a, you don't have to put a big post up or anything. Just like, just a little comment in the right place will get that ball rolling, isn't it? Yeah, I always say like, we're, we're ready when you're ready because it's that not everyone can do it straight away. I've had, you know, I've had men come on the lives with me on the Sunday nights that two years ago really wanted to do it, but just couldn't find it in the, they weren't ready to do it two years later that you know they're coming on and they're talking about how they feel so everyone's journey we've got a lovely little flow going through there's people that are right banging in it they've got people that come through it and we've got people that just starting their, their journeys and you know and that's where the other like-minded and people that live have lived experiences can help other people like we said um and it makes a huge difference to getting through when someone just understands it that gets it it's so simple and yeah. I can't fix anybody I don't ever say I can fix you and my advice is going to make you come out smelling of roses next week it's, it's a long hard process and it all I just want to nudge people into accountability and say like unless you take the accountability and want to to get better then you, you will just stay in the same place however hard that is hard to say but nothing changes unless you you want it yeah yeah completely and like it's you have to learn how to talk about this stuff right you have to you know when we all first start doing it there's early episodes of this this podcast and when i try and you know i can't say there's a really early episode right where some one of the guests asked me like about what happened to me and i try and say depression and i get caught on that word it won't come out my mouth I'm like oh well there's uh, well you know it's, oh, for a little bit oh, I was kind of down and blah blah and even like even then you know like I can't get the words out but you do have to you do have to learn and I think that's the that's one of the barriers isn't it for getting people to um to speak out yeah yeah I mean we did the use the voice campaign so I called it campaigns it wasn't really a campaign but it was just what I called it and you know, people shared their story actually on the page in text with a photo black and white picture and we had quite a few men do that um I think there was one anon anonymous one out of all of them everyone was quite prepared to have their face on on the page and that to me again I was like are you sure you don't have to have a photograph you don't know no 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 I want to have I want I'm ready to I'm ready to do this um and so use your voice to help other other people find theirs you know was was massive again yeah so it's just you know it's just keep ticking things along and just know that you know I've put people I know there's so many relationships being formed through the pages where people are meeting up um and that to me is is, is great that actually became buddies and and, and they're lifelong friends because they've had similar experiences yeah just had that um <clears throat> excuse me just that point to connect just that place yeah. to um yeah to to get the get the ball rolling yeah what with all these different like men that you've spoken to Mel, why, and you know, we're going to have to talk in quite broad terms here, right? Yeah. Of course we are. But um, as a general rule, why do you think that men's mental health is in such a 
crisis. What are some of the common themes that you kind of pick up from the people that you speak to? It, a lot of it's life, just life, life experiences, not necessarily a mental ill health struggle as such. Um, it's might turn into that, but initially it's a struggle maybe through a relationship breakdown, um, through to financials, not seeing their kids. Oh God, there's so many. Um, but it's it's anything that or any of us have gone through in life experiences, losing our jobs, like losing our, you know, and I've got a few figures here, like like men are in our society, I think, get a bit of a rough deal. And this is me, like some of the women, I think men don't ever have the support and encouragement that women have had over the years. You know, we've got the feminist movement there for a reason, obviously, but that's obviously that's a completely different conversation. But men um don't have that that support so say if someone goes into prison there's not that rehabilitation afterwards that you know they might end up homeless then they turn into an addiction everything is you know no one becomes an addict because they like drinking themselves stupidly every night they come become an addict because they're running away from a trauma or from heartbreak or you know this self-hating self-sabotage type of scenarios and I've got some figures for you, like homelessness, 85% are male. Wow. Like drug deaths, 67%. And incarceration, which is obviously in prison, 95%. Um, workplace fatalities, 92%. And obviously suicide, 74% and men. Um, homicide victims, 81%. So it's like, right, we need, we, we need to change things up. Something isn't working. Um, you know, we can talk as much as we want, but unless some action is taken, um, you know, there are men going to still be taking their lives by suicide. Um, there needs to be something else. And I, what? I just don't know. Um, yeah. But encouraging more men to speak out is good. But say, for example, um, a man is not seeing his child, he's fighting at the court because he's, he's not been able to see his child. That action, that action is never being resolved. You know, he's not going to get parental responsibility. He's not getting joint custody. He's not seeing his child, which is the thing that's making him sad, like depressed, hitting the bottle, say, for example. And that spirals and spirals and spirals. And, but that solution is not going to be, unless he has a solution at the end of it, how does he get out of it? How does yeah. he, you know, and... You know, it's a huge thing why, why men die by suicide is because they're not seeing their kids or they're not, you know, we need to do something. I'm really passionate about this. And um, whether it's the government or whatever, I don't know. They need to take more action. But, I, you know, I don't know what else we can do. But unless men are more supported in other, in different scenarios, um, then, then it will just keep happening. Yeah, definitely. It's so powerful to be able to say that it's hard to be a man in a modern day yeah. and age. You know, men yeah. are in crisis. It's obvious, yeah. like no yeah. one can deny that. But I think almost in society, we have this, we have this battle of who's got it worse. Yeah. And just because someone's got it really bad, it doesn't mean another demographic 
can't have it bad. So I know for a fact, if I put a, a post up on my Instagram tonight and, and I said something like, it's really hard to be a man. Yeah. I know that I'd get so much pushback of people say, yeah. what do you mean it's hard to be a man? What about the gender pay gap? You know, you don't have to worry about sexual assault. You don't have to worry about this. You don't have to worry about that. And all of that stuff is true. And it's yeah. really, really relevant. But it doesn't take anything away yeah. from the fact that the things that are hard for a man are still hard, regardless yeah. on how difficult everyone yeah. else's his life is. And, and I think, you know, one of the first steps is just being able to to say no wonder men aren't talking is every time they say yeah. that their life is challenging they're going to get told you know well it's not because you know so and so's got yeah. it worse you know of course no one's going to speak right yeah men have been dehumanized for, for years and i think like, the toxic masculinity a lot of men don't want their masculinity to be taken away and i totally get that i just think i'm doing a post in the next couple of days where i've done it all it's just putting it out there but i'm hesitant to put it out because it's about masculinity and I just want men to evolve in their masculinity, unless they take traditional masculine and true, true masculinity away. There's some good parts of masculinity. There's also some toxic parts, which is the obviously the militarized type of suck it up, don't show your emotion side of masculinity. And that's the bit that we need to eradicate. But I don't know whether we, we, we ever will. But yeah, there's a there's an amazing page called the Tin Men. I don't know whether you've you've, mm, you've followed them. I do them. know of them. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god, they are the that page for men's equal rights is one of the, probably the best pages I've ever come across because he always gives both sides in a in a di diplomatic way. So he's not saying these things don't matter, like he said that you know women you know, the rape numbers and things like that. But men also get raped. We Just because women get raped more than men, like it's, that doesn't eradicate what happens to those men and vice versa. So we just need to bring ourselves together a little bit. Men need to be, stop being against women and women need to stop being against men. And we need to work together. I'm hoping yeah. just me doing this page, I've got a few other women talking thinking about differently about how they talk to their man or how they talk to their work colleagues and what they expect from them and you know I think I've changed a little bit of the narrative still a long yeah. way to go Tom <laughs> yeah but you know you mentioned it before you've only got to help one person yeah. and then that person helps one person yeah. and you know that's how it's done and I, I often think that like sometimes when we go into advocacy around these things sometimes we get too swept up in like in the in the bigger picture you know and but it's not necessarily like we get so concerned with instagram reach we confuse that with yeah. reaching actual people right so yeah. everyone's trying to do these big 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 things but like big 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 things just kind of like land in the you know in the ether and they and they don't hit it's the the smaller scale stuff it's the community stuff and and again that's what you do with your your page mo you create that community yeah. and even if you have say you've got a guy and he is going through the court system and he isn't seeing his kids that stuff is not going to be solved quickly or overnight that's a yeah. whole different political question right yeah but if that same man has got support and coping yeah. mechanisms, healthy coping mechanisms, yeah. and the right tools to manage himself while he's going through that process, yeah. it's going to stand him in much 
better stead, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And that's hopefully what we, we can provide. And if I can't provide it, I always put people in touch with other pages that I know can. And I think like come in this mental health community, not just within my page, but the, the border is so important. I'm always, you know, it's like when I always advocate listening to podcasts, I always, always send your podcast to people and say, try this, just listen to it. If you're feeling a bit anxious or you, you can't switch your brain off, instead of looking at your phone, just listen to something. Sometimes that's a little bit easier and it takes your mind off. I'm always like, you know, it's about connecting more people together. And as I said, I can't help. I haven't got the knowledge on certain things unless I, I mean, I do obviously, if someone asks me a question, I will go and research it and, and try and pinpoint them to the right services and, and to the pages that I know that can. Um, so I think that's really, really important. I can't do everything. Yeah, definitely. But there has to be someone to bridge the gap yeah. because sometimes getting to the help that's the hard bit, right? To go from, right, I'm over here and I'm not well. I'm finally ready to admit that and talk about it. Yeah. Where do I go? What do I do? And it's the, that leap is too big. And that's the importance of, of bridging that gap and having someone say, look, you know, uh, you know, I'm here and I can point you in the right direction. You know, um, I, it, it's something that keeps coming up a lot, this idea of like mental health awareness. And I think it was when I had John Salmon on, you know, and he was saying like signposting is the new awareness, you know, that's, we don't need to make people aware. We need to let them know where they can go and 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 what they can do about it. And we need people in those in those roles to you know to to do that exact that exact job. I think. Yeah, I mean, a lot a lot of the wellness pages and, and the lovely. There's some beautiful quotes and there's some things that motiv- real motivational, but necessarily that's not gonna do anything. It might make you think and it might make you feel a bit better. But in the long process, it's not going to actually do anything. So we do need to take action. And a signpost in such a good, it's 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 perfectly executed. That is, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. What what do you think about this whole in the men's mental health conversation? Is like men are always getting told that like like men don't speak, men don't speak, and there is that there is that element to it, right? Of course, men don't they do find it hard, and we don't create the same situations, but what your page demonstrates and what you know places like andy's man club and talk club yeah. and men sheds they all demonstrate that men do oh. talk right so is it you know is it the what's i suppose yeah i suppose what i'm asking is what's is is that kind of a myth that men don't talk um, is it about the space is it i think that can be a, go alongside the outdated sort of stigmas the, the generation stigmas i don't i think men never used to talk and I think some a small percentage might have talked 20 30 40 years ago I think now I think the world we live in now um men are talking men want to be heard and they're almost it's nice to see them fighting you guys fighting back um you know as I said men have been dehumanized I always say about there's certain traits of men and women that are quite similar and they're human traits. They're not gender specific. So, you know, if men keep those hum- human ones at bay and keep them pushed down, um, like showing your vulnerabilities, we all can be vulnerable. There's, everyone's going to have a compromise in their life where they feel vulnerable at a certain point. I don't care whether it's an, if an alpha male say, oh, no, no, that would never happen to me. 
but it does. Everyone feels vulnerable at certain times. So we just need to make sure that that normalise that, you know, and I, I think more since me starting the page, say, three years ago, there wasn't met as many men speaking out. But oh, my God, there's loads more. Absolutely loads more. You know, I see it every day. My feed is full of men sharing how they feel. And it's it's absolutely wonderful to see. Yeah, I suppose people are more likely to share if they know that they're going to be listened to, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's essentially kind of... I think that's maybe why men were reluctant to maybe speak out because they didn't know where they could or how it would be received and yeah whether it would be understood and when you give those you keep nudging that and you keep um, advocating that there is you know there is places that men can open up Andy Mann's club's absolutely amazing the work they do is is absolutely life-changing for so many men and they're all over the country now um you know more the more clubs and things like that pop up the, the better you know I, I think men tend to speak out a little bit more when they're doing stuff when they're sort of active um but then again you know we've got guys coming on the lives every week you know we, we're not doing anything that we're just sitting having a conversation like me and you are today so it's just so important yeah yeah, I suppose if, yeah, it's just having that safe space, isn't it? And everyone needs a different type. Some people are going to be comfortable face-to-face. Some people might need to go for a walk. Some people, And we kind of touched on it before. It's just having that that variation, right? That somewhere, yeah. yeah, definitely. It's really interesting that you've seen more in recent years yeah, because definitely. it's, you know, it's, yeah. Because I, I, I think that's an important thing to touch on really is it's very easy to get caught up and bogged down in in the numbers and they're important because they tell us what's going on but if all we think about is the numbers well we're just going to get really sad you know and like sometimes it's really nice to talk about the success stories as well isn't it it's really nice to talk about you you know yes those numbers are not good at all and they need to be turned around but like more people are it might be a slow turnaround but you know more maybe more men are getting comfortable with with sharing you know the more outlets there are and i just hope they will replicate that if they do it in in our community on in you know on instagram where they feel safe as you said they'll start implementing that in their friend set because that's really important that that men normalize having certain conversations with their friends um that's the bit where I, i think i give them the confidence if they're speaking to like-minded people initially that understand and then that starts giving them confidence then put that conversation out into their families or their friends set because I have many men that said oh, I would never tell my wife this or I never and I you know and I try to again nudge them to start opening up um because again that's the person that's probably the closest to them they find it the hardest to to actually to say those words um, and I think that's just human, human whether it's a British thing or, or not. You know, it's weird why why we find it easier to talk to a stranger sometimes than we do do yeah. our loved ones. Definitely, and it's lovely that people have got somewhere to go to have a practice. You know, yeah. to kind of yeah. have a go and 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 you know maybe you know get the words wrong, or maybe yeah. you know like to lay it all out on the table because I think a lot of people 
you know, I, I found this a lot, right? I did um, a few episodes back. I chatted to a guy called Michael Byrne. It's one of my favorite episodes. It's probably about a year ago. And um, Michael's story is just the most like, it's like fiction, you know, like it could not be more, a series of events could not, yeah. no one could invent that. And he never told anyone because he thought no one will believe me and no one will be able to relate to me because his story was so big. And when I was poorly, one of the reasons I didn't speak to anyone, partly because I didn't know what was happening anyway, but I also, I'd only ever seen mental health portrayed in the media where it was all people on the edge of bridges and, you know, people like having these like breakdowns in the street in front of crowds of people and all the rest of it. And I was like, well, that's not happening to me. So mine isn't serious enough. So you get both ends of the spectrum, right? You get people who don't speak because they don't think it's a big enough deal. And then you've got some people who don't speak because it's such a big deal. It's too much of a big deal to, you know, so we have to kind of like, I suppose that comes down to the, the experience of others, isn't it? And like swapping these stories and and talking about it and, and finding the words through, through other people's words. Yeah, I think a lot of men, you know, as I said, both sides of the coin, they necessarily won't speak out because they do think that their story isn't, is, you know, it's not compared to somebody else's. I had the same with, with William Mafferty coming on. I mean, what he went through that was the same. It was like and everyone was commenting. And I did get a few messages afterwards saying, oh, I don't know whether I can do my life now because mine, mine, I haven't gone through what he's gone through. And I'm like, but your story is valid for you. And it needs to be told, you know, when you're ready to. So if you want to put it off for a couple of weeks, we can do that. Have a think. I'm not going to push it. But your story is valid. And it'd be really nice if you air it, because I know that, that will resonate with a lot of men in the community. And it, he did it and he and it did. And he got the same feedback and, and messages and, and stuff like that. So and it made him realise that you know, we can't ever compare to, to other people. We, we must you know our story is valid and it's it needs to be told and you know it's it's worthy yeah and it's still the same underneath the story right it's yeah. still the same the same emotions the same feelings yeah. things are still still breaking in this in the yeah. same way isn't it it's all that that human human connection yeah when did the the lives come around because you do that you do that every sunday right most sundays most yeah, sundays. Majority. i'm literally booked up now till mid-december so, um, which is crazy because I've got about 25 people waiting for dates, which is just like crazy. And I'm just like, before I, I, when I first started them, I was like, oh, the people that I sort of knew that I'd connected with a lot with the first sort of men that came on and did the lives with me because I built up a relationship with them and they've been following my page and they might have actually did the usual voice campaign. So, yeah, I just felt like it needed changing up a little bit. Um, it's way out of my comfort zone. Absolutely. I, I love doing the lies, but I hate them at the same time. <laughs> Why is that, man? Because, I don't know, because they're a little bit rough around the edges. Um, I'm not a great public speaker, as you can probably tell. Um, I can't I, tell, actually, Mel. I think you're I, uh, I think you're great. Yeah, definitely. I'm on the side most of the time when I'm doing them, but I just can't advocate stepping outside your comfort zone if I'm not willing to do it myself. And I needed to, wanted to take the page somewhere else. Um, there was a mother of pages doing a similar thing to me at the time, sharing stories with black and white photographs. So I just wanted to get away from that and, and 
get the identity of men against mountains back again and i've got a couple of little things coming up as well um hopefully will work but it's yeah. where to take the page but i think the lives really work and i've tried to get as many men on to cover so many different subjects and taboos and struggles um you know we try to advocate music and art and and those are different things what work for you and you know I've had hikers on to you know people that swim for mental health and everything but also the majority of the men that come on the page aren't mental health advocates they are just ordinary men that just want to share their story so they've probably got 200 followers themselves and not an instagrammer as such and that's what I like I like with with we're looking after the ordinary man and sharing their stories instead of like massive names with massive followings. Yeah, I think that's really important. I kind of you know you mentioned like the rough around the edges element, and I pride this podcast on being rough around the edges because when I would listen to really expensive posh podcasts with very like big name multi-millionaire blue tick guests talking about it of course their their stories and their struggles are 100 valid you know money doesn't change that but i couldn't relate to it yeah you know i'm not it's um yeah it, I, i'd hear it and it just sounded too posh and too polished and what was going on in my head was the exact opposite of posh and polished right and i think yeah you sometimes you need to hear someone who sounds like you or speak to someone who like yeah. looks like it could be one of your mates and stuff like that and um and the beauty of doing it in the live format like you do mel is that it's so accessible like a lot of a lot of the lads watching they're going to be on their phones anyway because it's sunday night do you know what i mean yeah. and you, you're putting off going to bed <laughs> you know you're killing time because you don't want monday morning yeah. to start you're going to be on your phone anyway you know, you can watch it if people are like a bit reserved about it. You can watch it on your phone without anyone saying what are you watching because they'll, yeah. you know, they'll assume someone's checking the football or something. And that accessibility is yeah. is key, isn't it? Because that's 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 the route in for people. Yeah, and I I, I did them on the Sunday evening because I wanted to give people a little bit of hope. I mean, as you said, coming through Monday, that most the majority of what I say all of the the stories I have people have come through and made a breakthrough um they've, they've found something that works with them they give a little bit of uh, the, their own advice you know um but they, they tell their story and there's always a good ending to it and there's always that hope and I just hope that gives somebody that hope to wake up on that Monday morning to start their week off thinking well do you know that guy's done it you know he's gone through this this and this but I'm going to message him and they do people message my guests and they have a conversation afterwards and I absolutely love that so I know that as soon as I come off that live more connections are being made um the person that comes off the life feels like he's giving back and he's getting through his journey another notch and, and yeah it's yeah if I can give that little bit of hope that's my job done even if they are a little bit rough on the edges <laughs> <laughs> and like I say that's how it that's how it should be man bring on yeah. the cats get the kids walking in to yeah, full Monty. Been, I'm so that they have they're both fast asleep in a basket next to me on the table they like to be up high because they're sphinxes they I've had to get a sphinx another sphinx kitten for my my boy because we lost his sphinx his baby so he had a, a, a litter of kittens Tom and we lost him. He, he he was really poorly, right from birth, really. 
he was grieving so bad I had to buy another Sphinx kid. <laughs> right. Oh, mate. I know, so I've got a, this really naughty kitten now. <laughs> <laughs> Opened up a whole different, uh, whole yeah, different bag of worms. Yeah, but he has slept through the whole thing, so that's um, yeah. Yeah, that's it. It's always a blessing, right? Always a blessing. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned before, um, Mel, that the lives and stuff are out of your comfort zone, which I would yeah. not have, I've not have yeah. guessed, and it's really got me thinking because, like, I think that's where with mental health sometimes why people don't want to want to speak up because everyone's like pretending that they're great at everything right everyone's like doing lives and podcasts and pretend and it looks like it comes naturally so we assume that that that's that's not the case but that's really interesting to me because I would never have guessed that that was an uncomfortable experience for you I find it find it really hard I get my words muddled up I come off and I'm thinking oh god why didn't I say that well and I don't know if that's a bit of the brain fog I'm getting right now or yeah it's definitely and I twiddle that's why I me better when I wear my hat when I've got my hat on it might be a little bit of a comfort thing because otherwise I play with my hair and I fidget and I watch them back and I'm like oh my god you're fidgeting like anything because that's obviously my nerves coming through but as you said I might have a bit of hair sticking up I just think we need to, this whole social media thing of, of perfection, it's been a lot of pressure on people, unwanted pressure. And I don't think people realise they've got this pressure on them some of the time. I think they go through, and I, I've seen friends change um, and they're all getting pulled into it. Even I got pulled into it a little bit, but I was like, oh, I need to filter these pictures and stuff. And I'm like, no, I've got to, I've pulled it all back. And I just think it's nice to just show my vulnerabilities um because I certainly have them um and just know that yeah we, I'm, a, I'm a real person behind the page as well I think that's important yeah definitely and, and you know you have to practice what you preach you know to definitely. show that you have to show your own vulnerability because otherwise I think people can it's like a sixth sense you can tell when someone's not authentic you kind of yeah. you can just tell and you, it's like well why should I come and speak honestly to you if you're not speaking honestly right but um there's so much yeah. about like leading from the front and, yeah. and practicing practicing that skill as well because like one thing I found for ages is that I did loads and loads of episodes and I was kind of I was using talking about mental health as an excuse to not talk about my mental health yeah. right so I know all the words I know the I know the lingo I can kind of box around this stuff and and I had this sort of realization it was like I'm my way of avoiding the work is 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 talking about other people's stuff right yeah. and that was a you know it's a, you kind of like you have to keep practicing. You have to yeah. keep practicing stepping out your comfort zone and being vulnerable and talking about these things. Now, whenever I'm asked to speak about anything, I always say, right, I'm going to, I'm going to tell a different story. I'm not going to tell the same yeah. story. I'm going to give a bit of something I haven't talked about before to like, keep it, to make sure that I'm being real rather than like hiding yeah. behind, you know, hiding behind other people's mental health stories. But it, yeah, it gets complicated. Eh? Your conversation is always really relatable day, Tom. You're doing such a good job. Like I'm in awe of your podcast. I think, just think it's amazing. Oh, oh, mate, that's lovely. Thank you. I get nervous about every single episode. I still get really, really anxious. And um, if like I have... If you saw the table in front of me now, which people can't see, I have to have like my cup of tea in the right place and my water in the right place. And I like this particular twisty pen. So you've got your hat. I've got my twisty pen so I can sit and twist with my fingers. And, I'm trying yeah. to hold my, my hands when I, when I talk as well, because otherwise it'll go up to my hair. So it, it's nice that we've both got little quirks. And obviously that's maybe why they work. 
Yeah. And I think, I, I think you're the same, quite similar to me, though. You've stayed really humble through, you know, it's even when people compliment the page. And I can do, be doing a shout out to a page and saying, oh, I'd like to shout out this page. They're doing great work. And they'll give me the compliments back. And I'm like, no, 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 this is about you. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I, I, I think, like, I quite often see, I don't know, I, I always say to people, this podcast is not about me at all. It's only about 20% about the guest and it's 80% about the listener. And that's like, I'm always thinking like, what is the listening experience for this? You know, and like, you know, yeah, no one needs to hear me banging on all the time, but they do need to hear the conversation. You know, that's the, uh, that's the important, that's the important yeah, that's, bit. That's, I suppose very similar to, to my life. So maybe that's why they're working, you know, I, I, I think, you know, where can I take it, the page again? Sometimes I think, do I need to? You know, I'm doing what I say on the tin and, and it's you know, if I'm held as I said at the beginning if I help one person then, then that's good but you know yeah because when you're working on something that that can be the that can be the trap to fall in isn't it it's like where oh, can I take it what can I do with it and sometimes I'm just like oh just put it down just stop yeah. just don't do anything it's fine as it is just leave yeah. it play out but it's hard yeah. isn't it but particularly when you're passionate yeah. about something yeah and I think also we live in a world where productivity is it's like like you know reward isn't a, a you know necessary you know we have to make sure we step back and we rest and we do all those things and I think when you're not feeling like you're not being productive you feel like you're failing yeah you yeah. know we live in that sort of world world where you if you're not earning a certain amount of money or you're not doing this or doing that doing that well actually if what I'm doing is working why change it I'll just nudge, nudge it in different directions but not actually change the what I'm doing and the same with yours I think it works mm. I think there's something beautiful in just letting these things just play out and it yeah. just it is it is what it is I went through a little phase where I got really hung up on on you know how many people were listening and what I could do with it and where I could take with it. And then I thought, you know what? I'm focusing on the wrong thing. It's not about who I want to listen to it. It's about the people who are already listening to it. That's, that's my focus. You know, you put that, put, keep putting the content out for the people who are already here. Don't worry about who's not here. Worry about who's here. That's the, that's the big one. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, I always like to finish by asking people what's coming next. And we've just talked about the, no need for being a next <laughs> but um have you got anything anything coming up Mel right well I I was going to I've been trying to do this um discord chat server where people can go up like you give them a link and they go on and they can ask questions and, and chat to each other um I've created it but it looks a bit weird and I don't, don't know whether it's going to work so I might just scrap it and I've decided to do a new page Oh, okay. to alongside men against mountains which is just decided today um it's an exclusive and, i'm getting here then right yeah hot off the hot off the press mate. literally just before i came on i just shared the the logo but it's not real really, oh, the name um so yeah it's it's all about men putting out a question to the community like you know instead of me doing a post and then people comment and bring their opinion into it and obviously their feels and experiences through that quote or what I've written about. Uh, it's about a man giving me a DM, it can be anonymous, but putting that question up to the audience and seeing um, how much support and advice he will get from that 
that question. Uh, yeah. And it could be any sort of struggle, life hack. It's not necessarily all surrounded for mental health. Uh, it's literally just about life. Um, you know, life gets in the way. It's all compromised. And I'm struggling right now. I don't know what to do. And see what the, the lads who are following the page come back with. That yeah yeah that's a lovely idea you know it's like a really um, yeah it's, it sounds great yeah it's like a really wonderful like ask the audience or you know like yeah. <laughs> something something like that yeah yeah, yeah. collaboration is really important in mental health collaboration you know and people swapping ideas and and talking yeah. about different things and that's how we learn isn't it and grow from um yeah. from other people yeah taking on board other people's ideas and opinion yeah yeah and if i get the chat, chat a chat room up and running i don't know whether this the Discord server is any good. Um, it seems a bit strange, but if I can get another one, I'm really tech phobe. So it takes me about six months to even find something <laughs> and try and work it out to do it. Um, but yeah, if I can try and get some sort of chat room, I don't want to do a WhatsApp group and I don't want to do a Facebook group. Yeah. So yeah. I want to try and do something off off social media where they can have a link and just talk with amongst themselves. Um whether I can find something or then I'm sure there's things out there yeah that can link to the page, but. yeah there must be it'd be really handy if it was something that you could like take a step back from Mel like I've got this envisions of you like running a whatsapp group like 5,000 geezers yeah. in it or <laughs> that'd be your uh yeah that'd be very bad for your mental health Mel I think yeah I, I have set my boundaries I've learned so much through running the page but I've also learned a lot about myself um about setting my own boundaries so I've, I've literally because I did the digital detox in January where I came offline um didn't watch tv nothing like no digital didn't watch the news or nothing um and it did me so much good to just switch off and it, and I switched on if that makes sense yeah um so coming back I have kept those boundaries so I literally only give myself so much social media time a day once I've done it I'm done it and it's gone and I switch my phone off and I go and read or I do whatever um obviously on a live on a Sunday I go over a little bit but that's because we, we're chatting probably for an hour like we are now <laughs> yeah that's it yeah I always think if I'm like if I'm creating more than I'm consuming then I'm onto a bit of a winner yeah, right it's when you're uh, yeah, yeah that's okay just yeah I think it's really important because when I first started the page I was answering messages at three o'clock in the morning yeah and, and if you're getting... willing to answer them then people will keep asking them that's the beautiful yeah. thing about boundaries isn't it it teaches yeah. other people how to treat you you know and that's absolutely some, and yeah. i've taught a lot of the you know the guys that was oh, i'm really sorry so don't apologize just you know it's it, it is what it is you needed to speak to someone and you thought oh, you know that's great that you've reached out to me you know let's talk now or let's 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 think of a time where we're both free where we can have a chat and then, then it takes the emphasis off, oh, I'm sorry for, for disturbing you sort of thing. Because then yeah. they feel bad about it. So I don't want anyone to feel like that. But it is about, yeah, I have gone back. I don't want to be waking up at three o'clock in the morning. No, definitely. Unless it's by a cat, right? Unless it's by yeah. a, yeah. one of the cats. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, mate, um, that probably feels like a really nice note to close up. I've been, it's been lovely to meet you. We've been kind of like, you know, knocking about on Instagram for, I love the, one thing I've really loved about starting this podcast is becoming part of like this community on Instagram of a lot of like-minded people. And um, yeah, so it's really great to kind of, oh, kind of chat and, and get to know you a bit better and stuff like that, mate. Thank you so much for your time this evening. 
No, thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciating. Just keep doing what you're doing. Oh, you too, mate. You too. Cheers, Mel. Thank you. Take Bye. care. Bye. And cut. <laughs> so the old um, fake podcast ending. Let me just hit. Big up to the proper mental podcast. The proper mental podcast.